1: All right, Pittsburgh Steelers fans, welcome back to part two of the Steelers post game podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman, senior editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Joining me as always, Brian Anthony Davis. Dave, we'll say he's on assignment. He's at the game. He's on his way back. He's probably across the river and in his car and heading on back to Maryland. So the Steelers win. If you happen to just stumble upon part two, you didn't know part one. We talked about the offense, so make sure you go back and check that out. Brian, let's do a knee jerk with the defense here. Like when you think about this game, you think about the defense, they surrender 17 total points, but it it just had a weird dynamic to it. What are
0: your thoughts? This is weird for me, and the reason it is because I thought most of the time the defense was pretty good, and then you it feels like it's slip-sliding away in the fourth quarter, but you know, things change because you know they're going to be going for it on fourth downs. You know they're going to be throwing it up. And we've seen so many good teams give up a lot of yards in those situations. But they didn't get that stop. And even if they were getting the stops, the offense wasn't there at that point because Najee Harris was out. Juju Smith-Schuster was out. It seemed like things were falling apart. But there were some plays made in this game in uh, late in the second half by uh, Arthur Millette. Or maybe that was early in the third third quarter. Um, that I thought were were fantastic. I it looked like uh, James Pierre was being picked on, but then I looked through the knee jerk reactions and I saw James Pierre me saying positive things about him two or three times, and especially at the end. Um, so at this point, I'm thinking that uh, the defense was pretty good. Now, did they get the pressures that we want? No, but. They they got pressure. It looks like Alex Highsmith is is uh they're just like one half a step too late on a lot of it. But Teddy Bridgewater and I'm gonna steal this from you because Teddy Bridgewater gets the ball out of his hands really fast. And you said that. And when I noticed that, I was like, wow, absolutely. They really did. So I'm the defense as a whole. They still won the game, and uh, they weren't giving up points early so i've got to give the defense a b
1: well we're not grading the entire defense brian we're just giving knee-jerk reactions okay my knee-jerk
0: <laughs> reaction was they were good enough
1: <laughs> okay yeah the, the way that it ended definitely was there i, I felt I, I was actually really happy you root for certain players you know as a fan you hear a player's story sometimes like you you find yourself i do at least rooting for james pierre Oh, he's yeah. kind of like a Mike Hilton type kind of came out of nowhere. Who is this guy? And all of a sudden he has a big role on the team. And when he got burned for that touchdown, you're thinking, oh gosh. And he comes up with the interception and it does kind of change the way that you think about it. The Steelers defense is banged up though. Um, Devin Bush left the game with a gr- another groin injury. I'm not sure if it's the same one or a different one. I mean, holy cow, the groin injuries on this team. its a long list. We'll put it that way. It's a really long list. So Devin Bush, he is dealing with that injury. Um, and that, that was really the only notable injury on the defensive side, but let's go, let's go through this. Let's talk it out as we always do looking at the box score. So the Pittsburgh Steelers do surrender 17 points. Let's talk about the, the secondary in the past defense. First, Teddy Bridgewater finished 24 of 38 for 288 yards, two touchdowns, one pick that being the game clinching interception by Pierre. He was sacked two times with a rating of 92.9. So looking at the pass catchers uh, for the Broncos, Cortland Sutton went off seven catches, 120 yards, one touchdown with the long of 39 Tim Patrick, whoever that guy is seven for 89 uh, Kendall Hinton, Hinton two for 25. I'm, I'm looking at this list. Like who are these guys? Yeah. Do you know who Kendall Hinton is? <laughs> no, I, I know now, but I didn't know him before this game,
0: but do you remember last year when uh, I guess they were making all the COVID decisions on, let's go ahead and uh postpone this game if it's a Steeler game let's postpone it but wait the broncos don't have any quarterbacks ah, they still have to play the new orleans saints so they brought him off of the practice squad and he was a wide receiver on the practice squad and he played quarterback for the broncos
1: oh, so he was the guy that played what at wake forest he was a yes, quarterback awake the wake and they and they threw him in there just good luck <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, and he almost killed the Steelers. <laughs> but he, he stuck around. But he stuck around.
1: Good yeah. For if I'm a Good Bronco fan,
0: he's my James Payer. I'm rooting for this guy. Yeah, there you
1: go. Um, and so there you have it. Uh, yeah, you had a couple. Noah fan only having three catches for 20 yards is very notable. But let's talk about the uh, the pass defense. Brian, grade it out. What do you think?
0: I am giving the pass defense a B B+. And look, you can take those stats and you could just rip him up because what they did to Teddy Bridgewater the first two and a half to three quarters of that game they shut him down they really did he came alive towards the end of the third fourth quarter he did but you're playing prevent at that point you're you're you know he's gonna pass and we've I just went off on it maybe five minutes ago he's he's gonna get those He's going to get those yards. So to me, that's what I call garbage. That's uh, garbage yards. And I'm getting crucified here. I'm no way too high. C minus. Look at what he did the first. Look at what they did at the beginning of this game and on until the third. They were shutting them down. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah. Look at the stats all you want and look how things look to be falling apart. But there's a look at what Ben Roethlisberger has done in the last couple weeks when they're down and he hardly had any yards early on. And we're saying, okay, he was garbage because all the yards that he got later on was everybody. They let him throw because he wasn't going to come back. That's kind of what happened today.
1: Well, I'm going to give him a C I'm going to tell you why, and it's because for the third, four straight game, I can't even think how many. Oh No, they didn't get one over the top against Green Bay, but at least we know against Las Vegas they did, against Cincinnati they did. Players are getting behind them. And that's something Mike Tomlin has talked about a lot in his press conferences, in any media availability he has, is that we, as the Steelers' defense, cannot... Let me rephrase that. The Steelers' defense cannot allow offensive players behind them. And it happened again today with Cortland Sutton. I don't care if it's James Pierre, Justin Lane, Jay, uh, Joe Hayden, Cam Sutton, uh, Trey Norwood, Arthur Millett. I don't care. When you're in the pre prevent defense, you give up the underneath. You let them take that time. As fast as they went down the field, here's what really disturbs me about the pass defense. The Steelers' offense controlled and dominated the first half. Yeah, the defense did their job, but my gosh, look at the time of possession in the first half. And you understand, they should have been fresh. In the second half, a lot of things changed. I felt like the Steelers, and maybe this is more damning of the coaching staff than it is the players. This The Steelers' system never changed. It's just like kind of like they went into halftime and said, let's just keep doing what we're doing, thinking the Broncos weren't going to adjust. The Steelers were a little slow to adjust, in my opinion. But the Steelers' pass defense, I'm not going to be happy until they stop allowing the big play that big play that lets a team right back in or extends the lead like Henry Ruggs again is against the Raiders. That was the game. That was the game clinching play or Jamar chase against the Bengals. That was like the game clinching play. And this was the touchdown to Sutton that let them right back in. So that's why I'm going to give him a seat. Anything you want to say to that?
0: No, I agree with you on that. I will say about Jamar chase. I think he's a superstar already. He's pretty good. I think he's a (laughs) pro bowler already. Yeah.
1: Okay. So, Secondary aside, let's look at the pass rush now. Um, the Steelers, like I said earlier, they uh, they sacked uh, Teddy B twice. They had two quarterback hits, three uh, it's here, pass. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Five quarterback hits. Five quarterback hits. Seven pass defenses. And look at these. Cam Hayward, two. Uh, James Pierre had two. I'm, I'm mentioning these because some of these are defensive linemen, especially um, around the uh, uh, Cam Hayward with the great pass breakups at the offense along the line of scrimmage. So when you're looking at the the ability to get after Teddy Bridgewater, and Teddy Bridgewater is a mobile quarterback still. He's not a runner necessarily, but he is very good at manipulating the pocket. We saw him scramble around a lot today, make plays down the field. What were your thoughts on the pass rush? The two sacks that they did get that were ag- actually registered were um, – Shoot, I know Devin Bush and Henry Mondo. That's right. Henry Mondo actually came up with one. Uh, Grade the pass
0: rush, Brian. I give the pass rush an A. And once again, Cam Hayward is just the absolute heart of that defense. He is your, your captain. He's number one. And he's helping getting the rest of these guys. I'm not just saying the defensive line, but the front seven. I think he motivates them all. And he is absolutely the man there. It was nice to see Henry Mondo get in there. It was awesome to see Isaiah Loudermilk get a sack. You know that ended up. Yeah. That ended up. He ended up losing it, but he still got it. But it just doesn't go in the stat sheet because, and and you have to take that penalty. Um, but you know, in the film room when they're in class and they're looking at it, everybody's applauding the big rookie number 92 for that play because they know he got it it just you just can't keep it but they they did what they needed to do Teddy Bridgewater couldn't go crazy on you sure he he has a fast release and you said it and we talked about that a couple times I think he's a lot better quarterback than a lot of people think I think he's very solid the defensive line did their thing and helped out and they were I thought they were solid except for really one play that uh, ended up going for 49 yards. We, we seem to have had those last couple years where the defense really shut down the run, and then there's that one play that kills you, and that one play could have killed you. Well, we'll get
1: to the run defense in a second. I want to talk about the Steelers, and one Steeler in particular that I just you mentioned him earlier in the show. Where is Alex Highsmith? I mean, the Steelers aren't racking up sack totals that are like mind boggling, but my goodness, we all talked about, man, this guy's going to be so good. And then Melvin Ingram and TJ Watt, the three of those together, like good luck stopping it. And Melvin Ingram is making his own role. I mean, there were times where they had all three out there and TJ Watt is TJ Watt, but man, high Smith. I know he's getting close. You mentioned that Brian, he's getting close, but Goodness gracious, a quarterback hit, I'd be welcome right, right now. I don't think he's even registered a quarterback hit yet. No sacks. Mm-hmm. I know he's coming off a groin injury. He had that groin leading up to week one. He had the groin injury that made him miss uh two weeks ago against Cincinnati. What are your what, what's Highsmith got to do, Brian?
0: I really don't know. Um he he's great against the run. He's usually in the backfield, but he's not. And it seems like uh, he's had a couple sacks that uh, this year that have been uh, waved off because of, I mean, because of holding penalty. I mean, not, I mean, he, that he would have gotten, but because of the holding penalties, he was not able to get. It just seems like uh, he is just that half a step too late. And I, I don't know why he's not getting to them.
1: Yeah. It's, it's one of those things. It's just really curious. I'm going to give the pass rush, uh, a, a, we'll say a B because they did get to him, and Teddy Bridgewater
0: is tough to get him. Okay, hey, can I say one more thing? Sure, Just made yeah. me think. Um, when I'm when we're talking about Highsmith, and then you're thinking about innovation, and then I'm thinking about Henry Mondo. Not only did he get that sack, but he did a spin move. Yeah, and he looked pretty good. I mean, there's obviously he's been he's been uh looking at tape of uh, some great players and seeing what he needs to do maybe he needs a tool in his repertoire because what i saw mondo do i was like wow high smith has a
1: spin move it's one of the best that the steelers have seen in a while and i don't know if he's just not using it maybe that's something that our uh, jeffrey benedict could look at and say like you know what is going on maybe they're asking him to do different things you know that is a possibility too maybe they're asking him to you know i don't know there are situations where your job is to rush the pass where he's just not getting there. Let's talk about the run defense now. Last week, they gave up over 130 yards to the Green Bay Packers. Here in week five, they give up 106. Javante Williams, boy, I love that kid coming out of UNC. Oh, he looked great too. in a Steeler uniform. He averaged uh, – he had eight carries for 61 yards, 7.6 average. That's a little inflated because that 49-yard uh, run that you mentioned, Melvin Gordon had nine for 34. And then Teddy Bridgewater had one run for 11 yards. Uh, They average 5.9 per carry. You might look at that and say, gosh, that lumber looks bad. But again, 49-yard run, tip of the cap to James Pierre for uh, chasing Williams down. That was the sequence. It was very odd. Williams goes down inside the five, spikes the ball into the end zone, gets flagged for delay a game. Devin Bush sack, and next thing you know, they're kicking a field goal instead of scoring a potential touchdown. Uh, Grade the the, um, rush defense, Brian. There you go. Nailed it.
0: I'm going to give them a pretty solid grade, so I'm going to give them an A-, because you can't... I mean, you said this before. We've talked about, remember, Miles Sanders in Week 5 last year. You know, with... I mean, wow, well, they, they shut him down. If it wasn't for that 77 or whatever that was last year, I mean, they would have been amazing. Yeah, I get that, but it still happens. And that's that's a huge thing. They, they got the Broncos got stealered there because the Steelers usually, that's what happens to the Steelers. Usually, you know, they, they get down to the one yard line and next thing, you know, you do something stupid and then you take a sack and You're kicking a field goal. Um, so <laughs> I'm laughing because uh, somebody thinks they would have passed high school if it wasn't, uh, if I was their teacher. <laughs> um, but you know, but, but are I'm you wearing not... a shirt during class? I like, guess. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, virtual, you know, virtual meetings. I still have to do virtual meetings. There's sometimes there's not pants, but there's always a shirt. Um, So really what I'm saying here is not only that 49 yarder, but I'm going to excuse Javante Williams, really two very good runs in the fourth quarter because they were playing the pass. And he, he was racking up a couple I think he racked up a couple really nice runs. Towards the tail end of that game, but when it comes down to it, they kind of shut them down. Melvin Ingram, Melvin Ingram, I mix those guys up all the time. Melvin Gordon is a guy that should, that in the past would have shredded this team, you know. And Javante Williams, I. we all talked about how towards the end there, we were like, all right, if you can find a way to get him in the second round, that's going to be a gift. We're like, yeah, he's not going to last to the second round, except for our mock drafts that, that, uh, just happen, just happened to uh, allow it to happen, but it really wasn't anywhere else. No. um Or if you uh, make seventeen trades, and then you could end up getting him. The Matty Nevel um, approach. Yeah. <laughs> 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 so, oh, he'll he'll fight that one too. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I I thought that the uh, the run defense was was pretty good. I I thought it was solid, Jeff, and so there. I'm going to go ahead and – what did I give him, an A- minus or a B-plus? He's an
1: A-minus, I think. Okay.
0: I'm actually going to give him a
1: a B, just a straight-up B. You give up over 100 yards, and my goodness, I said it about the secondary. I'll say it about the run game as well. These plays, they have these chunk plays that are constantly popping up. Mike Tomlin calls them popcorn. You can call them whatever you want. Good defenses, elite defenses limit those to maybe once in a while. The Steelers seem to be doing it at least once a game. Uh, In this game, the Cortland Sutton touchdown, you talk about the Javante Williams run, although it didn't equate to a touchdown. Those are tough plays to overcome, and the Steelers were lucky to to do that today. Um, So I'm going to give them a B. So uh, let's talk about, we do this with Matt Canada, let's talk about it with Keith Butler. The overall approach from the defense they didn't they, they still didn't blitz a lot? You gotta remember they are hamstrung. That's horrible tongue in cheek. Um, but in ultimately, I'm looking at this uh defense, it's banged up. There's still no Stefan to it, no Tyson, Alualu, or Alualu. Uh Devin Bush leaves the game with injury. Uh, they're still banged up. Uh, Cam Sutton was not in the lineup today what do you think about Keith Butler's approach so far? And you liked it. You think they could be more aggressive.
0: They definitely had some fire at the beginning of this game. What do you think? I thought they had fire. I you just confirmed it. I thought it was uh, aggressive enough because they it's, it really felt like they were pitching a shutout. Uh, and you got to remember three of those points, three of those early six points, they were given up by the, uh, that could have been so much more. That was they had it, what, at the 30-some-yard line when Ben fumbled that ball? Yeah. They had it in very good territory. So, you know, I I really thought that, that the approach was good, and they uh, they knew what they were getting into with Teddy Bridgewater, but did they? Who were they practicing for this week? You know, conventional wisdoms kind of says that it should have been Drew w- Locke all week because nine times out of ten, a man has a concussion on Sunday not very often do they clear that protocol right away uh maybe it wasn't that severe i don't know but who were they doing a generic plan based on what would work for whoever it was going to be but i thought it worked yeah
1: now it, it's definitely and if people again dude, some of the things you say on this show the live chat just takes and runs with I'm never saying they didn't blitz, but they're not blitzing as much as they did. I remember in 2019, I think they blitzed more than any team in the NFL. Uh, The Steelers are definitely relying on their front to try and get pressure, and that's that's the right thing to do, especially when you're without Cam Sutton. And Mike Tomlin said in his post-game press conference that they're trying to spread that out, spread Cam Sutton's responsibilities out among several players and not try to put that all on one person's shoulders. So that's tough. He's a very versatile player. They do a lot with cam Sutton. So, okay, let's, let's finish this up with the special teams. Uh, Chris Boswell was perfect in every aspect. He did make a 51 yarder, which eventually turned into, um, as here as long was 48. So it was inside of that. So even two for two. He's so also three for three extra points. Presley Harvin. He averaged 59.5 yards a punt with a long of 63. Here's the key with big press. He only had to punt the ball twice. In two in, in the entire game, only two punts. So, good job for the Steelers offense. Uh, grading the special teams, Brian, what'd you
0: think? So, he averaged 59, so he had a 63 and what a 54 is that? Is that what he had? I, don't know. I, I mean, not... I'm doing math in my Dave, head. But... Dave's not here, yeah, <laughs> but so I really thought, man, I I love the way he was kicking I love the fact that uh, he only had to kick it twice. There was no there was no prison riot in this, in this i game. saw that <laughs> shank no shanking <laughs> um it's all fun and games so you get shanked um anyways what i'm saying here is they did everything they needed to do on special teams they're not getting the returns that they need um did they give up anything huge one it looked like they were going to give something to my uh my man crush which is deontay spencer um who i would trade straight out i would trade uh ray ray straight out for deontay and give up a number one draft pick um that's how much i love this guy um either you're frozen or that joke just did not land so, um so, and you weren't frozen so it did not land uh you know what i danny smith jr i, I like what he did last week and two weeks in a row i've got a Take the hat off for him. Nice. G- good job for that unit. So I will give them an A.
1: For me, I, I look at, and I said this on Twitter, uh, when the Steelers went three and I said they need a big punt. They need a big punt. Like This is the time. You, you have all that field. This is when you have big press, big leg. Whatever you want to call them. Big but with a big hero six, I've seen a bunch of different names. It's funny. <laughs> oh, that, he, that's, a, that's a good one. And he came out with a 62-yard bomber. It was a good kick. That's what I want to see. That's why I was like, yes, this is, why, this is what I want to see more of. He's still a rookie. You got to keep that in mind. And I know someone put in the live chat earlier that, I don't know, something about Jordan Berry statistically is a better punter. Like, okay, okay, it's fine. I was mad at the punting, not
0: necessarily Jordan Berry as an individual. it just wasn't good enough let me let me go ahead and say this you know how i wanted to call him elvis before yes because his name is presley he's a big dude but now could we call him billy joel because obviously he's the piano man he's very skilled as a piano player yeah i just i I heard that too on the game i did not know that so how about that but no
1: but we're not not calling him that i am (laughs) Okay, I do want to update the injuries. A lot of people in the live chat have been asking about the injuries. Uh, this is per Mike Tomlin after the game. He said that Devin Bush left with a groin injury, which we mentioned. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster, we did not mention him. He left with an obvious shoulder injury, but he also prefaced that Juju went to the hospital. So that tells me that this isn't a this is like you're, oh, and he dislocated a shoulder. like This could be a serious injury. And you feel for someone like Juju Smith-Schuster, who was not having a good season and definitely was – you know, the thing about last week against Green Bay, those opportunities missed. And he's going to be a free agent at the end of this season. And, you know, people can say what they want about the individuals, but he's playing for his next contract. If he has another big injury, that's that's tough. Uh, and also Najee Harris uh, obviously was left out of the game. Cramps. That's what Mike Tomlin said. He was dealing with some cramps. Other than that, Mike Tomlin labeled it bumps and bruises associated with play. So take that with a gigantic grain of salt. So the injuries continue to pile up for the Steelers, but some were asking about it. So I figured to figure to do it that way. Okay. Brian final thoughts here before we call it a show.
0: This is what you wanted, my friends. And for all of you that wanted them to lose. So you can get Malik Willis or get a, uh, get another quarterback or look towards the future. That's not how these guys play the game. These guys play the game because they want to win. I thought, everything that they needed to do was done. I thought they put together a pretty good game plan for a Denver team that was three and one. And you can, you can put an asterisk next to the three and one because of the O and nine that we brought up a lot this week. And ultimately the, uh the five and 11, but De- they Denver had some players on that team and they had a very good defense coming in. I mean, all top, all phases of the game, all four phases of the defense. They were a top 10 defense and Pittsburgh found a way to score. I think they woke up Chase Claypool, like you said, and Deontay Johnson's another guy that those are, they they look like two superstars in this game. I don't know if it's the fact that Chase loves playing against Denver because last year he looked amazing against Denver at home too. But I think, I think, something has been awoken in this team and that one and three start can awake you because they're not ready to pack it. And a lot of us were ready to pack it in. And uh, Sean Manahan says 14 and three is still in play. Yeah, it's still in play, but that's, that's uh, probably out of reach, but you never know what could happen. We saw this in 2002. We definitely saw this in 1976 where they can go ahead and some string some games together and for you never root for a player to get injured. But when Russell Wilson went down the other day and you find out he's out four to six weeks, that makes you think that the Steelers can be a favorite against Seattle at home in prime time, but you just can't the the mark of this team is going to be how they approach it and not think that, okay, We got the win, and now we're fine. Everything's back to good. We can look past Seattle to Cleveland in two weeks after the bye. You don't want to do that. So I think this was the big step. It could be defined as a get-right game. We might not define it as a get-right game. I am. Personally, I'm saying this was the one that gets you feeling that it is back to good and that this season is salvageable, Jeff.
1: Let me ask you a question, Brian. Yes. Have you ever said out loud or even thought to yourself, I kind of hope the Steelers lose so that they get a better draft position?
0: Absolutely not. It's good. I do it with the Pirates. Well, <laughs> and that doesn't even work. I mean in baseball. I... In
1: baseball, so 10 years down the road, the player can finally get to the major league. <laughs> yeah, and end up with the Yankees.
0: Um, <laughs> I actually, that's the only time I've ever done it. I do it with a pirate. I did it all year with the pirates and it still felt weird doing it. Um, You know, it's just, no, I've never done that, but I've seen people do that a lot. No,
1: you know, I'm not saying that you're, you're, yeah. And that's, that's what my final thought is. Like for people that say, oh, the Steelers, if they should just, mean if they could just lose out, that, that would be the best. What? I'm sorry. I can't get on board with that. Like we can't be Steeler friends if that's the case, because I can't do that. I not only do I cover the team and we all cover the team in one way, shape, or form, but my goodness, like I'm I'm still a fan. We are all still fans. That's one of the things that we pride ourselves on, is that we're not some of these holier than now beat writers that believe that they are not, you know, they can't talk with fans or anything like that. That we're different here. And I we are all gonna be covering this team no matter what. And we hope that you all keep a positive outlook because the two and three, maybe three and three before the bye, we'll talk about the upcoming Seattle game. But my gosh, keep the faith, folks. Hope the Steelers win. I Again, you can have your own opinions. That's what's great about you know us being individuals. But ultimately, I can't get on board with I hope the Steelers lose ever, ever. I'm just too optimistic. Okay. O- Occam's Ox gives us four ninety nine. says, Have some money for the win, boys. Nice to get a win in the Berg. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you for the tip. We appreciate it. And that does it for us. That's another wrap. A Steelers win. They're two and three. Maybe this is the start of a winning streak. We'll see. We'll be back next week for another Pittsburgh Steelers post game podcast. Make sure you check us out at behindthesteelcurtain.com, wherever you get your podcasts or Steelers or behind the steel curtain. Subscribe, follow so that you don't miss a thing. Steelers win. It's a good week. We'll see you next week. Take it easy.
0: Oh, how it rips me, but love makes me live for tomorrow.